All right, football fans, far and wide, welcome to the Football v. Football podcast. This is the World Cup final recap. Yes, we're putting a bow on a fantastic World Cup. I think the best World Cup of all time in Qatar in this episode here. I want to remind you guys before we get started to go ahead and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and also if you're listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe there as well, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon, iHeartRadio. I'm sorry if I'm leaving any out. Go ahead and subscribe on there. Leave a like, leave a positive review. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, like, share, comment, engage. We'd love to uh, hear your opinion on these. So um, We're also on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, if you're on there, go ahead and give us a follow. So let's jump right in. This was an amazing game here, Argentina versus France a couple of amazing teams pitted against one another a couple of amazing players the defending champions against a living legend and we'll see what happened here we'll start with the call that's the moment for Montiel for Argentina but for Lionel Messi a moment that cements his legacy as the greatest of all time in a moment that will be in memory for not just him but for Argentina and millions and billions around the world a memory of a lifetime Lionel Messi World Cup champion he'll be lifting the trophy in a moment we'll send you to Robstone now as the World Cup final finishes three all after two hours Argentina beat France in the penalty shootout Yes, that's right. As you heard there, Argentina takes this game, a riveting game that ended 3-3 three to three in full time and then went to penalty kicks where Argentina proceeded to win 4-2. to two. An incredible game. And as we're going back to start this game, we're going to go ahead and go through a recap from the beginning. So to start this game, to start the scoring it was a matchup between Di Maria and Argentina and Dembele on France. Many people thought the first goal was the cause of a kind of weak penalty call there. Um, the rationale looked a bit like uh, Dembele nudged uh, Di Maria with his body rather than kicking him because it didn't look like there were any uh, feet that were getting tangled there. I thought overall, as I've been watching this tournament, Dembele has been a bit overly aggressive throughout the tournament. And overall, I think his quality of play has declined uh, a little bit. He's been a little bit underwhelming. He does have a specific skill set that I'm going to uh, refer to a little bit later in this podcast. But uh, I think his aggressiveness has gotten him into to, to trouble, I think, in this tournament. Um and Di Maria as well. I mean, this is a guy that uh, is at the end of his career, I guess, at this point. Uh, but he did a good job to to, to sell this uh, penalty. Um, yeah, and, you know, Dembele was subbed out of this game um, in the first half. And I think um, it kind of cost him in the long run. Like I said, I'm going to mention it a little bit later, but this did result in the first goal of the game. Uh, Argentina and Messi, uh, you know, Messi took a stellar penalty here to 
uh, take the lead. He waited for the French goalie, Hugo Lloris, to jump to a side, and he just kind of kicked it on the other side, and it's the same thing he did with uh, subsequent penalties as, as well. Um, not a lot of power there, which I'm not a big fan of, but it was just placement, but he's so advanced at waiting for the goalie to pick one side and kicking it to the other that a player of his caliber is able to do that which many players aren't able to do. The second goal was a tremendous passing exhibition from Alvarez to McAllister to Di Maria, and it was really clinical, I must say. And the one thing that stood out to me here was Alexis McAllister. I didn't know he was Argentinian. Nothing about him seems uh, Argentinian to, uh, to me, but he's been a tremendous facilitator this year overall. And I'm not just talking about... Uh, in his time with Argentina, but also with his EPL club, Brighton. He's been emerging big time this year, and he's been on that team for a while and hasn't done very much, but he's really, really emerging uh, this year, taking his level play to um, another level. So, as I mentioned earlier, in the uh, the 40th minute, uh, France had an interesting substitution. They subbed out um, Olivier Giroud um, and uh, uh, Dembele as well in the 40th minute of this game. They were they were down 2 nothing, and those are two of their better uh, forwards, essentially. And I don't know that it ended up costing them in regulation, obviously, since you know they put up three goals uh, before the penalty shootout. But when I see the missed penalties at the end of this game, and I'll touch on them later, I think Giroud absolutely would have been the Second most sure thing for a penalty behind Mbappe. So subbing him out in the 40th minute, I'm not sure the logic behind that one. But, you know, bringing in Colomwani, I have to say, he was pivotal in uh, France's first goal of the game. He's a great player for France. Um, He didn't get nearly enough playing time in this tournament, I thought. He drew the first penalty, as I mentioned. And then there was... um, and on that one, you know, Mbappe uh, made the penalty there uh, to, to, to start the game. And, um, you know, Colomuani throughout this game played really well. He also made one of the penalties uh, in the penalty shootout. The only other player to score in this game other than Mbappe was Colomuani. And on that initial first goal, um, Otamendi, the Argentinian defender, fouled him to draw that penalty. And... I thought, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, Otamendi is a little bit of a, a reckless, uh, aggressive player, kind of like uh, Dembele has been throughout this tournament. And I'm a little bit surprised that Otamendi uh, didn't get more cards during this tournament, to be honest with you. Um, but he was lucky to do so, and he's that's his style. He's, he plays very aggressively, but it's very risky, and it did cost them um, the first goal here. And the second goal for France after this Mbappe uh, penalty kick, um, after that, uh, after Colomani drew it, uh, was within three minutes of each other. First was in the 78th minute, and the next one was in the, the 81st minute. Uh, both by Mbappe. Uh, first, of course, the penalty. It was a, a screamer from, um, uh, you know, he, 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 he picked the side. Martinez, uh, the Argentinian goalie, picked the right side, but it just hit with so much power that it went right past him. And then the second goal was an absolute screamer by Mbappe. Um, right out, right inside of the box, 
Martinez actually picked the right side there as well, but he was able to get it past him. Um, but this sort of tactic of striking the ball really, really uh, w with a lot of power and just generally in the vicinity of the goal kind of cements what I've been saying throughout this tournament that you always need power and placement in all your shots because if you have power, it has at least a chance to go past the goalie's hands. And this happened several times in the game, uh, not only in this instance, but also in the penalty shootout with Mbappe happened the second time. Uh, and also with uh, Paredes of uh, Argentina, he um, just picked a side and hit it with a tremendous amount of power. And even though uh, Lloris picked the, the, the right side, he couldn't stop it. It was too powerful. So this game was 2-2 for a very long time. Um, Argentina were absolutely on the front foot and the more aggressive team for most of this game. Uh, France just really capitalized on the few chances that they had. Um, but the thing about France is they had some of their lower tier guys take their uh, penalty kicks. Um, Chuameni, a defensive midfielder, and, and Coleman, who's a forward by name, but he came in as a sub as a midfielder for, for Griezmann. I think they would, uh, would have been much better off with uh, Giroud and Griezmann taking those. These are guys that have been in a lot of high-pressure positions. They're better uh, strikers overall. Uh, and even, like I mentioned before, I think Dembele, this is why you have him on the team to, um, to take those PKs, and he was subbed out way, way early. So um, I just don't think penalty kicks were within France's game plan here. So... If they had anticipated this, I think that they would have subbed uh, differently. And, of course, on the other hand, Argentina just capitalized on their penalties, made every single one of them. And that was the game, essentially. And um, there was somebody on our podcast who may be joining in a little bit that predicted this exactly right. And I want to show you that video. Um, so I'm definitely going to go with my heart here, and I'm going to say that Argentina beats France in the finals. Um, I don't think they're necessarily the most talented team, like top to bottom, uh, man to man. But, you know, the World Cup is such a, it's such an emotional kind of experience, and I think a lot of that kind of tends to play into this, and you know, this is this is a different Messi we're probably going to see. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, put everything on his shoulders and he's going to do whatever. I think, you know, you're going to see more of a facilitating type of player in this, in this tournament. And, you know, if he can do that and create for the other players on that team, uh, you know, maybe, hopefully, you know, they can actually uh, kind of get this done. You know, I think that'd be great to do. So I'm taking Argentina over France in the finals. Okay. So there you have it. That was Omar Yusuf's prediction on November 19th, before the tournament even started. He predicted Argentina over France. Um, I thought that was an incredible prediction. There's a lot of things about that that I didn't see happening. Maybe because... You know, Messi, they wanted to get him his World Cup, but France getting back to it with all those great teams uh, and Benzema being out, I really didn't see that happening. So that was a tremendous, tremendous prediction there. Uh, a couple, you know, a few things that were mentioned in that video I do want to go over. 
So uh, one of the things that he did mention was that uh, he didn't think that they were the most talented team, man-to-man, top-to-bottom uh, in this World Cup. And, you know, after the, the World Cup played out, I was kind of thinking back on that. And injury-wise, it seemed like Argentina probably had the best injury uh, avoidance luck of any of the top teams in the tournament. And another factor that really played into, uh, ended up playing into their favor was the loss to start the tournament against Saudi Arabia was such a shock to this team. And it was a huge, huge wake-up call for them, the likes that no other team uh, kind of had, um, had compared to Argentina. And I think it motivated them to maximize their skill and their opportunity, and it made them really hungry for the rest of this tournament. Uh, but, you know, as I look at some of these other teams throughout this tournament, I think Brazil had overall uh, a more skilled team from top to bottom, but did suffer some injuries. Neymar had an injury. I think Telles, um, a few other guys on this team had injuries, a few of their top guys. So they got a little bit unlucky there. Um, England, I thought, was a more talented team overall. I thought that they were going to win this tournament. But their coach, uh, Southgate, who I am not a fan of, uh, didn't properly rotate their players in. I think it was a mismanagement of Rashford. I think it was a mismanagement of Trippier after that first game. Barely got any any play. I thought it was a mismanagement of Trent, Alexander-Arnold. I at least put him in there as an offensive player. I thought um, he played uh, Saka too much. Uh, there was a weird thing going on with Sterling where somebody invaded his home back in England. He had to go back and forth. And I even – Sterling is is suited for very specific instances because he's not a very physical player. He's more of a finesse player. I thought, uh, you know, Kyle Walker is just strictly a guy that can, you know, shut down like a guy like Mbappe but really doesn't provide a, a lot of those things that England needed, which was goal scoring. Um, Luke Shaw, uh, playing Luke Shaw I think was – a, a, a bit of a mistake. I thought they maximized Harry Maguire for what, for what he provides, but yeah, just overall, some of these rotations, I don't think James Madison saw the field at all. Some of these other strikers, Callum Wilson, didn't see the field at all. Um, yeah, the rotations, just it's a very deep team, so there's an opportunity for you to be very, very successful, but if you don't know how to place those players in those places, then you really can't be in this job. So um, I think Southgate should be out, to be honest. Another team, uh, Portugal, I thought also had more weapons overall. Absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of players even emerged in this tournament. Joe Felix, uh, Rafael uh, uh, Liao, and that's not even to mention um, uh, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, some great uh, attacking defenders, Joe Cancelo, um, even Diogo Dalo. Uh, I thought the uh, the decision to play uh, who's the goalie that they played Diogo Costa instead of Jose Zah I thought that was a, a poor decision I think this is actually another team uh, similar to England where um, the manager that whole fiasco with Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo there's so many distractions off the field with this team about that and it was just too much and the, and the coach for this team he did get sacked um, a little bit I think during this tournament actually and I think deservedly so. It kind of shows you how important these um, managers are because you're taking 
I think it's the 18 best players from this country. You know, and a lot of these teams have hundreds of great players around the world. So you're having a concentrated amount of talent here, and to not know where to place them is just deadly. And it's every four years. So um, I thought Portugal uh, had a little bit of hard luck there. And with France, there was a weird thing at the end of this tournament that, that came out about Benzema that he may not have been injured. <laughs> he just may not have been welcome on the French national team and that he was absolutely healthy enough to play at least uh, at the end of this tournament. Um, but he just wasn't... Uh, I don't know. There's something going on. There was that cryptic uh, Instagram post uh, that he, he felt like he did not want to... Uh, play with this team and and he ended up retiring from the the national team altogether in a, in a subsequent Instagram post after France lost. So yeah, that was another thing with France if they had had Benzema, I think that they would have been Benzema and, and Mbappe and Giroud. I mean, those are it's very it would have been very very difficult to stop all three of them and he would have been that key piece absolutely to to secure the title for them. But it's not the way it played out. Uh, another comment that uh, that Almond Yusuf mentioned was that he said that Messi would be more of a facilitating type of player in the tournament, uh, creating for other players. Uh, I thought that that was I – I do think that that was somewhat the case. Uh, Messi, of course, he provided the penalties and he did provide f- facilitation and he did have some goals sprinkled in there as well from the field. But I think that he – his uh, primary uh, contributions were in the penalties and in facilitation. Absolutely. So I think he was he was on with that. And uh, Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, I think really emerged as a top striker uh, out of this World Cup. And he's the guy that benefited from a lot of Messi's uh, facilitation. But other than that, there was uh, no real goal scoring from this team. Uh, no pro- I mean, McAllister was another facilitator. Di Maria had maybe one or two goals off the bench. Other than that, not much. You know, Emiliano Martinez, um, <clears throat> he really emerged on the world stage. I have to say, not many people are fans of him. He's kind of an eccentric showman. He uh, tries to intimidate players uh, before their penalty kicks. Like, he's done, he's done, he's been doing that in the, in the Premier League for, for a while, but the world finally. Uh, saw him uh, do that on the world stage here and then what he um, and also he's had many battles I think in, in South America that I've seen with I think maybe Colombia and Ecuador and and, and there have been a lot of uh, highlight videos that have uh, come out about um, him doing it there and you know there, there was a moment kind of at the, the end of the tournament when he got the the man of the match or the, uh, uh, the, the golden gloves I think uh, for this team uh, or, or for the tournament that he made like an obscene gesture there and that's kind of who he is I don't think he's personally a very likable guy but he is undeniably a very skilled goalie so um, kudos to Argentina uh, and you know France making it out I think that's um, kudos to them as well I mean this was not a, an easy tournament to to make it out of, there's a lot of crazy things that happened here. Uh, even, you know, losing that game to Tunisia after they had brought in all their guys, I think in the second half or the end of the uh, the first half, uh, they did overcome some adversity uh, in this tournament. And Mbappe continues to be one of the greatest um, uh, players 
uh, of all time. Uh, I mean, and especially at his young age, he almost had back-to-back uh, World Cup titles. So he's clearly, clearly not uh, done with his career here. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where these teams go uh, in the future. Argentina, uh, Messi has said that he will be returning during the next World Cup, or at least playing for the Argentinian national team. And I feel like he was meant to retire, I might be wrong, but maybe eight years ago, maybe two World Cups ago, I kind of heard about him thinking about retiring from the national team. But you know what? This guy continues to age very, very well, much better than Ronaldo. So a lot of people are saying that the debate is now over between whether Messi or Ronaldo is the greatest of all time. And... I think it's sort of clear to me at this point that Messi has just kind of taken better care of his body and, and honed his continued to hone his skill. And I think maybe he even plays a style of football that is more inclined to uh, aging well, to be honest with you. Um, and I'll be continuing to, uh, to root for this guy. I like this guy. Uh, he's overcome a lot of odds. I saw a documentary about him that he... Um, had issues with his his physical growth and he overcame a lot and uh, I think Barcelona or another club finally were able to get him uh, some of the um, uh, medical things that he needed in order to be able to uh, to grow like a you know I, I guess like a like a normal person old he, he would have been a very very uh, very very small so you know as you looked at some of the parades that were going on in Argentina. I mean, it's been absolutely nuts. It's um, it shows what it means to a lot of these, especially some of these non-European countries. A lot of these, some of these non-Western European countries. What it means to the the Argentinians. Uh, this is the first time since the '80s that this team has a, a World Cup. It was said that there were four million people in Buenos Aires. <laughs> and you guys need to see some of these videos of. Uh, people coming out for this team and during this this parade and I think some of these players had to be lifted in a helicopter to, uh, to to be able to escape safely and Messi doesn't even live in Buenos Aires but there's there's like hundreds if not thousands of people like near his home to welcome him there it was just um, there's nothing like it there's no parade like it I mean forget when NFL NBA any of these teams win championships uh, there was nothing like this that celebration that I saw in Buenos Aires there and uh, it was absolutely an incredible sight to see and it shows what the World Cup means and you know I was privileged and we're all privileged I think to be able to to experience this again and um, I hope that we're uh, around to experience it in 2026 when it comes to the to the good old US of A and and uh, Canada and Mexico so I thought this was a great World Cup. I, you know, I hope you guys really enjoyed it as well. I think Qatar, I have to say the last word here is I thought Qatar did an amazing job as host in this World Cup. Um, they brought a um, a lot of pride to the, the Arabian Muslim world and, and how they hosted it. And a lot of these things that people thought would have been things to bring it down, like uh, curbing alcohol and, and, and um, bringing... Uh, you know, things that are more uh, within the fold of Islam uh, to the forefront, I thought was, um, I thought they did a, a tremendous job of that. And it kind of, it's it's a really positive light for a lot of people that were viewing this as, you know, a questionable place to, to host a World Cup. So bravo to, to Qatar. I think you guys did a great job. 
So that'll bring this podcast to a close. I really want to thank you guys for tuning in here to the Football v. Football podcast. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, if you are watching on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe and hit the notification button. Like, comment, um, share this video would be much appreciated. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on there as well and leave a, a good rating and share that would be much appreciated. If you're on Instagram, follow us on there. If you're on Twitter, follow us on there. And uh, if you'd like to um, support this podcast, we're on Kofi, K-O-F-I, and then forward slash football v. football. So thank you all for listening to this podcast. It's been an incredible World Cup. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I look forward to uh, the next podcast. Until then, have a fantastic day, football fans.